Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much for your giving today. How's everybody doing? Good. Are you glad to be in church? So good to see you today. If you are here for the first time, thank you once again for being with us today. We are kicking off a brand new series entitled Fearless. Everybody say fearless. Isn't that a strong title? How many want to live a fearless life? Amen? Scripture says that it's possible to live a fearless life life, and when we were coming up back in October with all the different series that we wanted, wanted to do this year, when I first heard that phrase or that word, fearless, um, it just makes me want to, want to confess some things from the Word of God. Just, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm an overcomer. If God be for me, who can be against me? I mean, it just, there's something powerful about that title, fearless. The problem that we have, though, is that I believe there are some underlying things that often go undetected in our life, undiagnosed in our life, that keep us from living that fear, fearless life that God has for us. And what I want to do in this series, very simple, going to be a simple series but powerful, is I want to uncover some of those underlying issues that sometimes we don't connect with fear, but they are very much connected to fear. And see if we can uh, uncover those, expose those, and also um, overcome them. So today I want to talk to you about rejection. Everybody say rejection. Now, normally you wouldn't throw rejection in the same category as fear, but I think you will see in, in today's message that it's very much connected and can keep us from the life God has for us. Um, rejection is something we, we have all dealt with, we have all faced, we've all been rejected by Someone, a family member, maybe a, uh, a boss, or uh, a na- who knows, a neighbor. There's a million different people that could reject us, and and having to overcome that feeling of rejection. And with that being said, I, I just want to start with a very familiar uh, portion of scripture from Second Timothy chapter number one. We'll start here. It says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." I want you to get that first part. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That word fear is translated timidity. It comes from the word intimidation. So God has not called us to live an intimidated, timid life. He has called us to live a very bold life, a very powerful life, a very vertical life. Didn't Pastor Josh knock it out of the park last week? Amen. He got to preach two of those messages, just killed it. Um, But God has called us to live this vertical life. life. And what we have to understand, a lot of times when we talk about fear and faith, we we think fear is the opposite of faith. We, We say that all the time. But fear is really not the opposite of faith. Sight is the opposite of faith. Okay, fear is not the opposite of faith, it's sight that is the opposite of faith. Um, But fear and faith work the same way. And what I mean by that is when I speak certain words, it ignites faith in my life. But if I speak negative words, it will ignite fear in my life. 
The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I can think thoughts that bring faith. I can think thoughts that bring fear. So they work the same way through my words, through my thoughts, but the opposite of faith is actually sight. Now, I, I, I could preach a whole message there, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, we want to deal with this whole rejection thing today. And the scripture tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, that it doesn't come from God, that fear, according to the scripture, involves torment. How many know that? If you're afraid and living a fearful life, you are tormented, right? You lose sleep, you lose relationships, you're, you don't reach your potential. Fear paralyzes us. And, and the scripture says this about God, that he is love and perfect love, mature love, casts out all fear. That's what the scripture says. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, yet many of us are paralyzed by fear, especially the fear of being rejected. Let's say it another way. We are addicted to the approval of people. We get that, don't we? We, we understand. We know what preacher's talking about now. The fear of rejection is an addiction to the approval of people. And this haunted me uh, as, as early, maybe even earlier, but I can remember it bothering me as early as elementary school. And what I mean by that is, how many of that, one of the biggest fears any person has is public speaking. If you look up, like, top ten fears, like, public speaking is way up there. Nobody wants to do this, right? Like, I didn't want to do this, anything but this, Lord. I mean, come on, put me underground in the coal mines, where I can be all by myself, right? Anything but holding a microphone, anything but saying. But in elementary school, I could not, I was the guy that really struggled in front of people. If I had to get up in front of people and say anything, I was so concerned about what if I stutter? What if what I say doesn't make sense? What if I freeze? And, and it really, the next level is, is where it got to from, from elementary school to middle school to high school to now preaching every week and, and have been speaking in front of people for 20 years. But when I first started ministry and, and first started preaching, here's what would happen. I would stand up, preach, and then start asking people, how was that? You think that was okay? Was that good? Was I anointed? <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. What was I doing? I, I was addicted to the approval of people. And, and even though I, I would, could get up and do what God told me to do, that wasn't good enough for me. I needed somebody to validate it other than God. Now, how many know if God has already validated you, you don't need the praise of people? Now, we, we get stuck in that. I was stuck in that for a long time. Uh, but, but, you know, I've worked through that. And some of y'all are like, yeah, you have worked through some of that. Some of the things you say. Um, and I have, I've worked through it, but, but it's still, it, there's an underlying current of wanting to make sure people are okay. And, and the Bible has a lot to say about this. Some of us are extremely addicted to the approval of people. And it's a dangerous place to live. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. 
But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The fear of man produces a snare. The fear of rejection will prove to be a snare. What is a snare? A snare, by simple definition, is a trap. That the fear of man being addicted to the approval of people becomes a snare, becomes a trap. The Hebrew word, it literally means you become the bait for Satan. You become bait. How many know we have an actual enemy who is trying to kill, steal, and destroy? And when I live by the approval of people, I place myself in his trap, becoming his bait, and I'll never reach my potential if I continue to live that way. Now, here, here's the other part of that. The message translation of the same verse says, the fear of human opinion disables. A lot of people have ability, but they're disabled by the opinions of people. Trusting in God protects you from that. I love that translation because obviously if I become the bait, if I become bait in the enemy's hand, I am disabled. How many of you know someone who is emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually disabled because they are addicted to the approval of people? Anybody know anybody like that? Come on, don't look at the person sitting beside you. We, we all know people like that. And here's what I want to do. I want to show you two, two traps, okay, two traps of rejection, a couple things that happen when, when we have this fear of being rejected by people. Number one, we become overly starved. We become overly starved. I want you to get this one because what that means is, is we become overly starved for acceptance, we are so desperate for acceptance. And, and this is a big problem because the very thing we desire most, acceptance, is the thing that we lose when we live like that. You say, what do you mean? If, I, if, I, if that's what I'm going after, what I'm striving for, at the end of the day, it is impossible to please everyone in your life. At the end of the day, it is impossible to live up to the expectation and to gain the approval of every person on the face of the planet. I know you're Batman, but you're not all that, okay? You, you can't do it. It's impossible to pull that off. And a lot of us, we're missing out on the very thing we want the most because we are addicted to the approval of people. King Saul is a great example. We don't talk a lot about King Saul, the first king of Israel, because we spend all of our, our time talking about the second king, which is King David. But King Saul was chosen by the people, but how many know that not only was he chosen by the people, he got or gained the nod of God, that God put his stamp of approval upon his kingship, and when you look at Saul, he started off doing the right things. He had a heart for God. He wanted to do the right things. He had gifts and abilities that he used for the kingdom of God, for, for the nation that he was overseeing. And, and so he started off well, but his fear of man disabled him. When you look at the story, he feared being rejected, and he often wondered, what will the people think? If I do this, what will the people do? If I do that, will the people continue 
to like me. The King Saul was into what we now know as the approval ratings. Right? We look at presidents, well, his approval rating has dropped. King Saul, going to pass out if that happens. And, and what really ticked him off is when David was anointed by God and people began to sing, hey, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, he's killed his tens of thousands. So Saul uh, began to look and see that his approval ratings were going down. David's was going up. He couldn't live with that. He had this fear of man, this fear of rejection that led him to do things that please people, but he refused to do things to please God. And this, this came to a head, and one day Samuel the prophet addressed him over this issue. Look at what King Saul says, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24. He says, I have sinned, I violated the Lord's command, I was afraid of the people, and so I gave in to them. He was so afraid of the people that he could not do the right thing. He, he so needed the approval of people, he couldn't even do the thing God had called him to do. I'm going to give you some examples of that that, that today we, we see in our generation. is we have, we have young people who want to live a sexually pure life and save themselves for marriage. But because they live with this fear of rejection, this, this fear of I won't have a certain person's approval, instead of waiting until marriage to give their virginity away, they will be uh, duped into something because somebody says, if you love me, you'll do this. And, and because there's a fear of rejection, a fear of missing out, they go ahead and give something very precious away and, and, and miss out on a good thing, miss out, not just on a good thing, miss out on a God thing, and really, if you could diagnose the situation, they simply had a, an addiction to the approval of someone. The, the same is true with, with certain individuals who are not living out their dream, they're living out mom and dad's dream. They're not living their own life, they're living mom and dad's life. And so they turn 18 and they go off to school and they don't study what they want to do. They study what mom and dad told them to study. Come on, you got to cut the cord at some point and be your own person. Come on. Some, some of us, oh yeah, I'm about to preach this thing. Some of us, we, we, we're trying to please people and it may be parents and they're not even here anymore. They're dead and gone on and you're still living your life trying to gain their approval. They're not here. You need to move on. Come on, somebody, help me. Are we gonna, I'm going to lock the doors, and we're going to stay a while. We, we, got, we got certain people. I, I've known young girls who love God and have an intimate relationship with God. But because of fear of rejection, they settle for some punk that don't love God, not really going to ever take care of them, I'm about ready to jump down there and preach this thing. I'm about to do this. We, we, they'll settle for some punk who has no ambition, no dream, doesn't love God, selfish, self-absorbed, and they settle because they're afraid I'll never have a good thing. No, you might not have a good thing. You're going to have a God thing if you'll wait for God to bring the right person into your life. We're, we we want to be accepted so bad that we, we allow people into our lives that literally suck the life out of us. 
All because we have some need to be approved. Some need in us that we need stroked. One of the snares is that we become overly starved. And I want to give a couple of thoughts for those who desperately seek approval. If you're that person, you, you just need everyone's approval. Everybody's got to like you all the time. Approval addicts have an inability to confront. They have an inability to confront. They want to let everything go. They refuse to have tough conversations because at the end of the tough conversation, you may not like me anymore. Right? You may not like me. So we just keep sweeping stuff under the rug, pretending like it doesn't exist. And how many know anything that needs to be confronted that we avoid to confront? It doesn't go away. It gets bigger. And so we got to have some, some conversations. And, and, and you'll never be the person God has called you to be if you have to have everyone's approval. It is impossible to become the person God has called you to be. And, and this, this approach will put you in a very difficult spot if you continue to operate in it because you'll have everybody liking you and you'll, you'll have all these different people that you're trying to manage and all these needs that they have. And because you can't say no, sometimes you can say no and not even explain yourself. And it's all right. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Oh, we we, we got to tell somebody no, and then we think we got to explain for seven days why we say, you don't have to. Let your no be no, your yes be yes, and move on. You don't live for the opinions of people. You're trying to please the one who saved you. Stop being limited and held in bondage by what everyone thinks about you. Man, I had to learn to say no to some stuff. Early in ministry, I never said no. Yes, 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 I'll be there. Yes, give me a minute, I'll be there. Five minutes, I'll be there. Yes, I can do this. Until the point I was about to lose my own marriage over it. What was the problem, Pastor? You needed everyone's approval. You needed everyone to say, man, he works so hard. Oh, he's always there. No, that's sometimes I'm going to say, no, can't be there. Sorry. See y'all. And it's got to be okay. See, it was fine when you have about 70 people's opinions, but you say, oh, it must be great, Pastor, and all them people. Now we got 1,200 opinions. Come on, somebody. That's a lot. You know what that means? There's always about 600 people don't like a decision I make. That's what that means. That's really what it means. Approval addicts give in, but inwardly they're angry and resentful. So what happens is, is you give in and you say, yeah, I'll do it, but on the inside you're mad about it. You're making everybody happy, but all the while the resentment inside you is growing. The anger inside you is growing. Everybody's smiling. They think, you know, that you're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. But on the inside, you'd like to knock their teeth out. (laughs) 
You know what I'm talking about. You, you got this thing going on. I, have you ever seen that person that's always smiling and everybody loves them and they're always so polite and nice and then one day they blow up and everybody's standing there going, what just happened? You know what happened? They were addicted to the approval of people and they pushed all those negative emotions down, 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 down till one day they, they could not push them down and it all spilled over. When you live for the, for the approval of people and you are addicted to it, it's going to lead you down a horrible path, a miserable path. See, approval addicts, they will give in, but inwardly that resentment continues to grow. So one of the traps for the fear of man is to become overly starved. The second trap is we become overly cautious. What does that look like? This is the person who they've been hurt in the past, and y'all know how we do it. We get hurt, like, I ain't getting hurt again. So we build our walls, and we keep everybody out. We don't get close to people. We don't have authentic relationships. Everything is surface. Why? Because we've been hurt, and I refuse to put myself back in a situation where I might get hurt again. And this is, the Bible has something to say about this. It says in Proverbs 28, 14, it says, blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart, he falls into trouble. Now, I want to ask a question. How do we know if a person's heart has become hardened? That's a, that's a big question, but it's a very simple answer. You can know if a person's heart has become hardened by asking one question. Do they let people in or do they keep everyone out? If they keep everyone out, they have a hardened heart. The scripture says that person will fall into trouble. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, come out of that box. All right? They, they don't let others in. Bible says they fall into trouble. You know, it's kind of like when ladies get together. I don't, I, I don't want to pretend like I got all these conversations down. But you, you've overheard some ladies talking before, and they say things like, you know, all men are, are jerks. You know, they're just all losers. And, and when they're making that statement, we all know why they're making that statement. It's because they were probably hooked up to some jerk or loser, right? He did something, hurt them, and so they just lumped all men. They're all jerks. They're all losers, bless God. None of them going to heaven. They're all going to burn, right? But ladies, if you've been hurt or been down a road like that with some, some jerk, I'm not saying he wasn't, you need to know there are some men that love Jesus and are getting closer to him every single day. You just got to be patient. Yeah, I'm preaching good today. See, when we have a fear of rejection, we become overly cautious. And the scripture says when we get overly cautious and we keep everybody out, we fall into trouble. And sometimes we are missing out on God things because we have pushed, we have this. I was thinking about those uh, shot callers. <laughs> I, I won't even go there. Don't put that on your spouse, okay? Don't do it. <laughs> I'm having fun today, man, I'm telling you. Now, and, and listen, this starts at different places for everyone. Think about, you know, a person growing up in a home with, with uh, multiple 
brothers and sisters, and they get a suspicion, well, mom and dad likes him more than they like me. And so it, it puts in them, it can put in them at a very early age that they're not valuable. And so the hurt can start that young, and then they live their life surface. Nobody ever gets in. You can take it a step further. You could, you could take it to the sports field. The kid who is always picked last or left off the team. How many know we can act like that's not a big deal? But that, that puts something in them, and some of those kids, what do they do? They say, well, I'm not playing anymore. Why? They don't want to be hurt again or be the only one standing there that wasn't picked. And, and so there, there is this tendency in all of us to want to be validated, to feel worthy of something, to feel valuable in the eyes of people. And if we're not careful, we can allow that to steer our life in, in some very negative directions. Like if you don't fit in with a certain crowd, and then because of that, you live your, the rest of your life like, I just don't fit in anywhere. You've heard people say things like that. What do they do? They have a hardened heart, and the Bible says they fall into trouble, and part of the trouble is we are called to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves. You can't serve God in a cave by yourself. It's not scriptural. Well, I just, you know, this whole church thing would be awesome if there wasn't people. I mean, it would just be really, really good if, if there wasn't some people. Now, for some of us, this is, this is extremely sad to God, I'm sure. But we, we have such a fear of rejection that we won't even share our faith with our family members and coworkers. Because we're afraid. What if they reject me? They're not rejecting you, baby. They're rejecting Jesus. You have to share your faith. How are they going to know unless we say something? How are they going to know unless we show them what it looks like to serve God? This happened in Scripture with a group of people who believed in Jesus, but were, they were actually afraid to confess their faith. John chapter 12, verses 42 and 43 says, But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Man, isn't that just, doesn't that just describe a lot of people? We want everybody to praise us instead of living to please God, living to serve Him. The question is, is how do we overcome the trap? Number one, you have to say yes to pleasing God. That's got to be the first thing. You just got to say yes to pleasing God. Great story in the Old Testament comes from Jehoshaphat, it's 1 Kings chapter 22. Jehoshaphat was the, the, the leader of Judah, and he was having a conversation with the leader of Israel. And so the leader of Israel was saying, we need to come together, form a partnership so that we can fight off our enemies. And it sounded like a good thing, but look at what Jehoshaphat said in 1 Kings 22 and 5. Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, first seek the counsel of God. First seek the counsel of God. Of the Lord. Now here's the thing we have, to, we have to understand. A lot of us, instead of seeking God first, we seek God last. 
We, we phone up three or four people. We ask our family what they think. We ask our coworkers what they think. We try to get all this stuff together and then seek God. And by the time we get to God, we're already so confused because we've taken polls and we've had everybody vote. And we don't have a clue what to do. But if we could stop long enough to seek God first, He can make it clear enough. That way when you do talk to some people, find some wise people because the Bible says there is safety in the multitude of counsel. But I want to encourage you when you're making a decision, don't start with what will my family think, what will my friends think, what will my coworkers think. You need to start with what does God think? What does he want? The first thing we ask is what does God think? G. Campbell Morgan was one of the greatest evangelists who ever lived, and in 1888, he stood and had to preach before three men who had the power to determine if he was called to preach or not. Talk about intimidating. So he preaches in front of these three men, and these three men would produce one list that was the accepted list, one list that was the rejected list. And so all these preachers would preach in front of these three men. And in 1888, uh, G. Campbell Morgan, he preached, and then he went to the list, the accepted list, and he didn't find his name there. Completely crushed. And many of you know that feeling. Anybody ever put your heart and soul into something or wanted something real bad and it didn't happen? Come on, raise your hand. If they, you, you know that feeling of like, man, why didn't it happen for me? And so he looked at that first list, didn't find his name. He looked at the second list and saw his name on that rejected list. He was so crushed and devastated that he sent his father a telegram. And the only thing he put on the telegram was rejected. A couple days later, his father sent him a telegram back, and this is what I want you to get today. His father sent him a telegram back, and here's what his father said. This is all he put. Rejected by men, accepted by God. I know what it feels like to be rejected by people. But I'm telling you right now, when God gives you the nod, when God gives you the yes, when God gives you the stamp of approval, you don't have to live your life under the approval of people or, or being um, dictated by the opinions of people, but you can know and be confident that God has already spoken over you, and if what God has said over you is awesome and good and it's biblical, you need to be okay with that and not be stuck by the opinions of people you got to make a decision. And you say, why is that so important? Because you can't please God and people at the same time. Matter of fact, if you do please God, there are going to be a lot of people reject you. There are going to be a lot of people turn on you. going to be a lot of people not hang in there with you. Scripture says very clearly, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. Second thing we have to do is we have to say no to pleasing people. Say yes to pleasing God, no to pleasing people. Now, I want you to take this, don't take it out of context and say, Pastor Chad said we need to be rude to people. <laughs> Pastor said we need to be mean. He said I need to go in my office tomorrow and just chew the boss out. I did not say any of that. Please keep it in context. Obviously, we listen to those who are over us in the Lord. We, we uh, operate in kindness. We're gracious people. All that is true. Those are a given. But I am talking about this addiction to approval. It's two different things. 
The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 51, 12 and 13, Who are you that you fear mortal men, the sons of men, who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker? Wow. You all stuck on somebody's opinion. And they're going to be here for a little bit, and they're going to be gone. One day you're going to stand before your maker. Well, God, I tried to please everybody. How I many of that ain't going to work out too well? One of the most difficult things I've had to do, and everybody has things you deal with that involve the approval of people. Every day you will wake up and you will be given an opportunity to please God or people. And one of the most difficult things for me in the last few years is that God has opened up some doors because of what he has done here to go and speak at conferences and places where a bunch of preachers come to one location and pastors and, and to stand up and preach and, and speak and, and try to give leadership or oversight to pastors was one of the most intimidating things in the world to me because I know pastors. And all pastors that sit in a room listening to another pastor are critiquing. Oh, y'all thought we were all holy, right? No, we sit and we judge. We think, man, eh, he's all right. He's not that good. I don't know how he grew a church. You know, that we, we make notes. You know, and, and I know those settings. I know because I've overheard conversations. I, I know what preachers think. And so it used to scare me to death to go and do it. I mean, just a nervous wreck. It put me on edge, you know, several days leading to it. It put me on edge with my family, everything else, because I, I had this addiction to their approval. Until the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day, and I didn't get this out of a book. The Holy Spirit said, Chad, you can be impressive or you can be effective. Which one do you want to be? You can be impressive or you can be effective. Which one do you want to be? At the end of the day, we should want to be effective. Whether it's impressive or not, who cares? When I'm done, I want to be able to look up and God say, well done. That's all that matters. Whether anybody Y'all being here, you know there's some Sunday nobody ever claps, but I'm going to keep preaching. You, you can't live for that. You can't live or be addicted to the approval of people. And so you got to make, make up in your mind that you're going to please God, not fall into the trap. The fear of man is a trap. It is a snare. The Scripture says you become bait. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Galatians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul says, um, if you're really serving God, you can't live for the approval of people. I'm going to say it another way. If you're living for the approval of people, you're not a servant of Christ. You know why? Because what Paul is saying is you have elevated people to God. They have become your God. And I'm going to throw it out there. Some of you are addicted to your family's opinion. You are addicted to their approval. And at the end of the day, you cannot please everyone. The same people who praised Jesus one day crucified him the next. 
Some of the people that I poured the most of myself into, given the most time, most phone conversations, most one-on-one meetings, most investment are the ones that walked out on me. No longer here. Poured my life into them and they left. So you can't live. Now, how many of that will cause you to go crazy if you let it? Is this all right? Y'all look like you're hurting. You, you, you got to get past it. We, we please God. We love people to the best of our ability, and we have to let the chips fall where they're going to fall and go to bed and sleep like a baby. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Last thing, here's the goal. The goal is to live for an audience of one. The goal is to live for an audience of one. You know why? People are crazy. People are fickle. They are up one day and down the next. They praised Jesus one day. They crucified him the next. People are crazy. Live. I'm not being mean. People are crazy. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, people are crazy. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you what, we're preaching today. That's what's happening in here. People are crazy. And so you got to live for an audience of one. Jesus said in John 5, 30, I'm going to ask the worship team, y'all better get in here. I'm not going to land it. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus said, I only live for the audience of one. I I can't please everybody. Fear of people is a trap. It's a snare. But he who trusts in God, listen, he who trusts in God is kept safe. He's kept safe. It's kind of like... How many of you ever, I'm, I'm ending. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, he's about done. This is, I want you to get, this is the best way I can explain this. How many of you in school got to run an errand for one of your teachers? Come on, raise your hands. All right. Now, if you never got that opportunity to run an errand for a teacher, I apologize to you. But if you ever got the opportunity to run an errand for a teacher, how many know that they put something in your hand called a hall pass? Now, I don't know how you took your hall pass and what what you did with it, but I can tell you what I did with it. When I got the hall pass, I strutted out of that room with confidence. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes... I knew where my buddies were and what class they would be in. Y'all say, how did he become a preacher? (laughs) Hey, listen, there's hope for you. That's that's what that means. There's hope for you. And so I would walk by their class and look in the window, and I would make faces. (laughs) I got the hall pass, and you don't. Have fun in English. You say, what in the world, Pastor, does this have to do with what you're talking? I'm so glad you asked because 
here, here's the part I want you to get. Even if a teacher stopped me in a hallway and said, hey, Mr. Dingus, shouldn't you be in class? Uh, no. <laughs> right? I'm on assignment. I've got, <laughs> I've got a hall pass. I'm supposed to be out here. And so the reason this is important is because we have a hall pass from God. I'm on assignment from Jesus, and I don't need, I hope this don't rub you the wrong way, but with this man, I don't care. I don't need your permission, your approval, your applause. I'm not subject to your opinion or your judgment. No matter what you think about me, I have been accepted in Christ. When I believe what he says about me, it frees me from dancing for you. I live for an audience of one. It doesn't matter if you think I'm good enough or not. God says, even in my weakness, his strength is made strong. He says, I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. I am the head and not the tail. He says, I'm equipped. I'm accepted. I'm loved. You may not like me, but God loves me so much that he died for me. If you're thankful for it today, I dare somebody to give God praise in this place. Come on, give him a shout. Woo! Yeah, come on, somebody. Come on, take 10 seconds and give him praise if you want to break the fear of rejection. Come on, come out from under that. Need to be approved. Need to be applauded. Let's give our Savior the best praise we can right now. We live for an audience of one. Oh, yeah, somebody's going to get set free this week. Somebody's going to have to have a crucial conversation. Hey, I've been doing everything you wanted for 20 years, but you know what? I'm done. And you're going to have to be okay with that. I love you, but... I'm going to live for an audience of one. I'm going to live for an audience of one. I've done sweated through my shirt and my coat. But this, is, this is what we need. We need to live like this. Live to please Him. Listen. And love people to the best of your ability. But as your pastor, I want to tell you, not everybody is going to like you approve of you and love you if you do your best serving God there will be people if they walked out on Jesus they're going to walk out on you so don't live under under that addiction for approval I'm ready to live fearless anybody want to go with me I want to live fearless with that being said I want you to bow your head close your eyes no one looking around for these next minute or two this, this fits right for this moment. You're in this place. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. The enemy would say, what's everybody going to think if you get saved? Who cares? We live for an audience of one. If you need his grace and his forgiveness, you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, whether you're in this room or watching online, if that's you. Would you throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that is me. Thank you. Thank you for your hand. Anyone else? You say, that's me. Another. God bless you. See that hand? Another one here, God bless you. Two back there, God bless you. Three back there, God bless you. Come on, throw that hand up if that's you. 
Come on, don't worry. Another one over here. Yeah. As you raise that hand, I believe that God's breaking that need for approval off of you now. You say, what are my friends going to think if I found Jesus? Well, let them figure it out. You're not dancing for them anymore. You're living for the one who laid it all down for you. Every voice lifted, let's pray together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Today I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I repent of those sins, and I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live for you and not for the approval of people. Thank you for loving me enough to die in my place. I want to live for an audience of one. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate, church. Come on, celebrate. Lose your mind for all those people. If you need prayer today, prayer team and staff's coming. We'd love to pray for you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.